Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, just everything, just let it fall by the wayside, and whatever's going on with you, just make yourself available to God. Let him reveal himself to you. You don't have to get him to want to know you. You don't need to get his attention. He's already fully engaged in every aspect of your life. He's arranged every circumstance of your life for your benefit. I know a lot of times it doesn't seem that way, but... It is. It's for us. It's for you. Part of our problem, of course, is we have a misunderstanding of what his purpose is. We think his job is to perfect us here on this earth. When in fact, who you truly are, your spirit being, is already perfected. His goal instead is to make us one, spirit, soul, and body. To reunite your your body with your soul and your soul with your spirit. That's his purpose on this earth for each one of us. And I don't, you know, I don't know of anyone he's finished that work with here on this earth. Now there's... You know, we always look at at Jesus' example, but he was never, he never was separate. His spirit was never separated from his soul. So his soul never needed to be reunited with his spirit. So that was one area of his life that he's not like us, that we're not like him. So he cannot, uh, the example he sets is as a spirit being not a uh, person in transition. You and I are are transitioning from being a soulical being to being a spirit being. If you've been born again, your fully spirit is your true identity. But your soul has been separated from your spirit and is in the process of being restored, reunited with your spirit. And that's all God's job. He alone knows the best way and what order to reunite your soul and your spirit. There, again, we've talked a lot about there's a lot of times and he will show us what he's doing to develop other characteristics that we already have in our spirit, in our soul, that are more or less dormant, like gratitude appreciation, patience. There's a lot of characteristics that God values. And, you know, that's what it's about, is what God values, not what we've made up. This is, you know, when we look at religions and when we look at the conclusions that we have drawn with the very little information we have. We all know the story of You know, the blind men that were trying to figure out what an elephant was, they all drew different 
conclusions, like a tree trunk. It's like a rope. Because they are only have what they can hold in their hands. And you and I do the same thing. We draw conclusions based on our own experience, our own history, our family history, what suits our temperament. Very often we choose what denomination, what religion suits our temperament. If we are feeling-based, we're going to go for a church that feeds on our feeling. Doesn't that make you feel better? You know, forgiveness makes you feel better, that kind of thing. And it's all about the ambiance and about feeling, doing good and feeling good about it. Others are, you know, about, you know, yes, about being active in the community, about your actions. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you think. It's about being on the mission field. It's about, you know, going door to door knocking. It's about making sure everybody you know has heard the, you know, the, the, uh, been asked if they want to become a Christian. Or there's, you know, just our goal must be to understand God, that, you know, he's always revealing himself and we just need to know him better. So if that's the, the strength you have is your mind or your will or your emotions, that's the denomination or the church or the pastor or the group that you are going to lean toward because it accommodates not your spirit but your soul. And very often your soul, again, has, has created its own kingdom and we choose to surround ourselves with ideas and people and things that don't challenge our kingdom. But God will not let that kingdom stand. So even if you feel like, you know, think of the the whole idea of a home church. God doesn't want your your home to be a church. He is your home. Now he's going to use every situation is but but you know, so often we we get situated in a denomination or a church and things change. We get a, there's a new pastor or a new worship leader or people, you know, aren't as polite as they used to be or they change the doctrine in a direction that isn't suitable to you. And all of a sudden, what do I do? Well, that's God. That's God ruffling your feathers to disconnect you from what you think you know, what you think you feel, what you think your require or the requirements on you are it's all from god and the sooner we can can perceive that the less tightly it's still going to be painful but the less tightly we we grab and hold on to our kingdom you know there's only one throne and god sits on it and so don't let anybody else sit on it Don't you try to sit on it, but don't let anybody else sit on it either. Not your pastor, not your spouse, not people you admire, not even an image, you know, of of or a perception of what you think a good Christian is, not a doctrine. God knows the path he has set you for. Just be patient. 
and he will lead you step by step. That's the job he's doing. Now, on our end, there are things that we've unfortunately, as as a group, as as followers of Christ, we've neglected growing up into all things, growing up to the things, the soul that God has given us. And we've, you know, I, I have a tendency to think we're all kind of lazy. We all prefer... You know, we again, we all want to control our environment and our circumstances that accommodate our strengths and weaknesses. And even if we're strong in one area, we don't want that area to be questioned. So we don't look at, okay, are there other parts of our, our being, our soul, that God is working to develop? No, we don't want to go there. Look, I'm really good at this one thing. Just let me continue to do that and don't ruffle my feathers. Don't, don't uh, you know, kick me out of the nest. I'm pleasing people. I'm pleasing God. I'm happy. Just leave me alone. And yet God says, okay, you know, time for a change. Because we've become so reliant on ourselves. Get ourselves is our kingdom. God says, your soul is not your strength. It's strong. He gave you a strong soul, but your strength comes from your spirit. And we've barely tapped in. We've barely touched. Think about, you know, God created the earth. God created time. God created the universe. And yet we have a hard time sometimes just getting through a day getting through a meeting, getting through dealing with our neighbor. And when we're challenged with things, what do we rely on? We, we fall back to relying on our strengths. And by, you know, what a, what a, one of the belief systems that is out there is just to just hang in there. You know, we've come up with a definition for prayer, you know, that the more people praying, you know, and I don't really understand it. And and I've, I've challenged some people and have not gotten really good satisfactory responses. But the idea that the more people praying makes things change more, makes God hear more, or is, is he more impressed by more people praying? It seems like then that if if that's what go, God goes by, it's simply a matter of who has the biggest population. You know, whoever has, whatever country has the greatest population should be already ruling the world by now. If that's all it takes is to, to just whoever, you know, however many people pray. And there would be a lot less people dying, a lot less tragedy, because there would be enough people praying. Because, you know, just asking people, can you pray about this? And them saying, dear God, do this, that, or the other thing, that's pretty easy. If it's just like a prayer chain, if it's just a list, sign me up. You know, for Girl Scout cookies, just sign me up for Girl, Girl Scout cookies, and I've done my bit. I've done my thing. You know, and then where's the cutoff? So 
if the cutoff, if the if the minimum number of people praying about thing is a hundred, and you only get ninety nine, so God isn't going to intervene because you're off by one. And is that really what you're seeking? Is for God to intervene, for God to inter- to to change the circumstances. Likewise, if it's a thousand, the quota is a thousand. How do you know what the quota is? How much is enough? How many people praying is enough? What is praying? You know, and yet I do thoroughly believe that there is power and authority in the soul but it's not through God just as in your physical strength you you know you you probably did something that exerted strength whether it was just walking you know across the room today that exerted strength physical strength you didn't ask God to intervene in that you didn't ask for his strength Your muscles have strength, and your soul has its own strengths and weaknesses in your mind, will, and emotions. But we have abdicated. And in one sense, we this is, I think, one of the reasons we confuse the supernatural and the spiritual when they're totally different. And then when we start talking about the soulful realm being a part of but not encompassing the supernatural realm. Now, the more we think about it, and so many of us, so many Christians, whether, you know, all around the world, our beliefs have never been challenged. And if you do challenge them, you know, if you do for yourself, Very often, again, you're coming up against a strength in your soul or a weakness that you're trying to hide. And if you if you say, well, how does that work? If you ask, you know, that's not true. You know, how can how can that be true? And this be true? Well, you're using the wrong version of the Bible. Well, okay. Well, what's the right version of the Bible? Since you know none of them are accurate, how are we supposed to, you know, come into agreement on? What's the, the the right version? And so when you start to question, you know, how what is your response? You're usually not going to be well received. I, I was in a situation where I was asked to come speak to a, a women's group, and we had, had been emphasizing um, grace a lot, just the whole concept of grace. And the... You know, that God speaks for himself. He represents himself. And that each one of us is capable of hearing him directly and personally. Well, they were all, you know, excited to hear what what I had to say. And and then um, they, of course, had to get it approved by their pastor. And, of course, he didn't. He didn't approve that. He didn't like that idea that each person... He didn't want his people being taught and told that they didn't need him. That wasn't his idea of grace. Now, that's fine. You know, that 
And we left it at that. I didn't, you know, I didn't respond in any way. You know, okay, yeah, some people aren't ready for grace. Now I was able to keep in touch with that women's group, and we've had some, you know, had some great conversations. But I, you know, I never knew and had, you know, I always knew that I was never going to be invited there unless there was, you know, significant change, which was fine. And that was fine with them, too, because it was a good example. They could see. Now, I don't know what happened in that group. I don't know what happened in that church. I'm sure some accepted, okay, yes, that, this is the right way to do things. If the pastor says, no, we can't do things, or, or this isn't really grace, this is license, you know, they just people just accept what they're told. And yet, we are each responsible. There's a level of of your kingdom relinquishing your solical power and authority to your kingdom. Letting somebody else sit in that throne rather than God. And this is one of the reasons we have always spent so much time making it part of our lifestyle to wait on God because it sharpens our hearing and for so many other reasons. But when we can have confidence that we know how to hear from him, again, it doesn't mean that we're always going to hear clearly. And sometimes God deliberately is silent because the goal is not to get everything right. And I know that's hard because we – so many of us, I do. My temperament is such as, you know, I should be able to get everything right. If I, you know, I certainly grew up thinking if I was in the will of God, there, everything would go right. I'd always be in the right place at the right time, saying the right thing, meeting the right people, making the right decisions. And so then when that didn't happen, because of course it didn't happen, so then when it didn't happen, there was something wrong. There was either something wrong with me, something wrong with my relationship with God. God was trying to teach me something and I couldn't figure it out. Fill in the blank. We all have our own experiences. Now I look back and go, okay, it was some, simply something I had to go through those circumstances to learn that I did not have the control over God, over the doctrine, that the doctrine failed me. God didn't, because God was still there. God was there when I gave up. God was there when I said, this ain't working. This doesn't make any sense. What I believe right now is failing me. God didn't fail me, but what I believed did. And this is, you know, part when when we are having a salvation, you know, um, experience in church, for instance, what do we so often ask? You know, somebody says the, the prayer and they even have a, you know, some kind of a, an experience. We ask, how do you feel? As if they're supposed to. As if they're supposed to have a feeling. As if they're supposed to ha- be able to tell, be, you know, before, middle, and after of the experience. A lot of people don't have any you know, can't tell something has changed. That's great. There's no difference between, 
You know, I was at a, at a church once when when somebody had a, a real encounter with God, and God really uh, made Himself known to this person, and and everybody was like. God's really got their hand on this person and that they were mightily saved. And I'm going, there's only one kind of salvation. And that's to be re-spirited, born again. Some people are not more born again than others. Now, of course, that was not a real welcome sentiment. Because we like to have control over even understanding what God is doing. We like to have control. We like to have our own understanding of doctrine. We like to come up with our own explanation. And, you know, we, let's, let's all agree we don't have all the facts. We don't have all the information. So any conclusions we come to are going to be erroneous because we don't have all the information. This is why we have trouble dealing with with things like sin and even eternal life and forgiveness and, yes, grace, because we don't have, we see in part and we see through a glass darkly and that's the way God wants it. But he only wants it for now. Now, 10 years from now or 10 minutes from now, that may have completely changed. And God may have lifted the blinds, lifted our blinders, given us new eyes to see. Whether it's this revelation or that revelation or that understanding, where we can all of a sudden see how he does things in this area. And we can liken that to, okay, a wall of our, of our castle grounds, of our kingdom. He's torn them down. And now we can see right into his kingdom, his kingdom that is in our midst. His kingdom is not being built. It's already built. We enter his kingdom. And we can't enter his kingdom until we leave ours. Now, our, we carry our soul with us, but ourself, that kingdom, we leave behind. And God is the one tearing down the walls. God is the one who is changing everything, is making it uncomfortable uncomfortable for us to live within those walls of our kingdom. Saying, come out from among your kingdom. Come unto me, all you who labor. You know, all you who labor, what are we laboring doing? Maintaining control of our kingdom. So, as we let go of changing to please him, you don't have to do that. You've already pleased him. You can check that off your list. Please, God, just cross it off. He's, he's happy with you. You're done. He is well pleased. You are his, his beloved son. He is well pleased with you. You're in the kingdom already. The problem is not your spirit. It's your soul and your, a little bit of your body. But the body does follow the soul there's plenty we can do to uh, work on our, our body, but the big stumbling block is our soul. So while God's taking care of that one side of the coin, we can work on the other side. That is our responsibility, our duty, not to perfect it, 
but because that is the grounds. That's the playing field that God has set for us. The, the abilities in your soul, what people, some people call the gifts of the Spirit, those are latent abilities in your soul that God wants to activate that he can then teach us to learn to live and move and have our being in him. He's going to continue to draw your soul. We can continue to learn how the soul works. So we've, we've talked about these three areas of a, of a lifestyle change, incorporating these things into our life. You know, so many, okay, this is, so many of us have, okay, this is Christianity over here in this corner. I'm going to come and I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to attend church. I'm going to send money to this person in this church. I'm going to go visit the, you know, the, my sick friend. Whatever it is that qualifies you to then, okay, check those all off. Now you're a good Christian. You have fulfilled your duty. And yet you may not even know God. You know, you're... It's, it's hard to know because your emphasis is on that checklist. But when we start living and moving and walking, walking in him, moving in him, listening to him, being aware of him, increasing your awareness. Now, those take having your senses quickened. Now, you know what your physical senses are, the sight and the smell, etc., but you have solical senses. Right now, they're all hidden and not being used very much behind your soul because yourself is doing all the deciding. Yourself is, is stifling you know, your soul from functioning because your soul is afraid, it's, your, yourself is afraid it's going to lose control. And rightfully so, it's afraid. But the more we incorporate, think right now of all, you know, you're surrounded right now with sunlight, with radio waves, with time, with air, all the different components of air. You're surrounded by all these things. And yet, how much of our awareness is towards those things? But if you stop and think, you can go, oh, okay, there's light over there and dark over there. I see color over here. It's cold. I can smell this. We start increasing our awareness of our natural senses. It's sort of like when you buy a car and it's a green car. You start noticing all the green cars on the road. Oh, I thought I was buying a different color car. Oh, no, everybody's got that same color car. How often does that happen? It's, it's part of our solical response to control. We st- our, our senses start tuning to that. Well, we can use that to our advantage. And as we fine-tune our awareness by spending time with him, by speaking in tongues, by fasting, in whatever way you choose, that increases your awareness of the already present God. The spirit realm, far more real in your reality, you're just not aware of it. 
I, you know, again, if we just started talk, looking at about light, you know, there are so many ranges of light beyond what our eyes can see. And all light waves are, you know, they're called light waves for a reason. You know, think about light years. They're, it, it's a, they're a real thing. But our eyes can only perceive a narrow range of their existence. Same way with sound. Same way with smell. Same way with what we feel. You know, um, different animals are far more sensitive to different, you know, maybe vibrations. Or they can hear things that nobody else can hear. Dogs, for instance. We don't try to compete with them. We just recognize that our soul, your soul, my soul, has those abilities and those awarenesses built in. It's just we need to start paying attention, giving, giving them time to grow and expand. It's, it's as with anything else. The more you use it, if you, if you use your muscles, they grow. If you increase your awareness by doing these three things, waiting on God, med- meditating on him, speaking in tongues. God, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. And then fasting, fasting from food, fasting from Netflix, fasting from uh, doing things after work, and spending that time instead with him. As we do those things, it increases our solical senses, and it, that increases our awareness of what God is already doing around us. And he loves revealing himself. He loves sharing what he's doing in our lives. So continue to ask the Lord. You know, if he's put books in, in your hands or he's giving you, reminded you of songs or scriptures in regards to any of these, Talk to him about it, but also do it. Let's say you have, you know, real concerns about speaking in tongues. Uh, Go ahead and ask him anyway. Lord, if it's not from you, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But if it is, I want to do it. Can can you say that? I'm I'm willing to be wrong, Lord. I'm willing to be. I'm willing to see you in a different way than I expect, and then let him take it from there. He will. So um, think on that, have some, have some fun with that this week, and we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at org if you have any questions. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.